A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Joining us now is the great constitutional lawyer, of course, Harvard Law School emeritus, uh, great legal mind, Alan Dershowitz, Professor Dershowitz. We are thrilled to have you here on Katz and Cosby. And I got to start first off, obviously, huge headlines with the January 6th videos that have been all over the place that Tucker Carlson put out. And they show that in at least what we saw, you know, and he says he's 44,000 hours. That's a lot of tapes. But it paints a very different picture than the January 6th committee presented. It shows the officers in some cases kind of escorting the protesters around, including uh, the QAnon shaman guy with the Viking thing. They're kind of opening the doors. It looks more like they're tour guides than a really hostile situation inside. Does this change the dynamics? That guy is, is in a jail cell for four years. It does change the dynamics dramatically. I'm representing a young law student who was swept up. He had no in, no intention of going inside, and he was basically welcomed in by the police. He stayed for a few minutes, and he left, and he's been charged with a felony. And so we have been getting videos uh, on our own. And for weeks now, we've been seeing these videos, which show the police welcoming the people in. And it, there's no evidence that uh, these people, many of them, believe that they were trespassing. Look, I'm not talking about the people who did damage inside or the people who may have gone in with an intention to do damage. I'm talking about people who were there. They didn't think they were going to go in. And suddenly the crowd moves in. The police welcome them. It's a very, very different picture. And I'm shocked that Senator Schumer uh, was objecting to these videos being shown. Uh, it's part of the right of all Americans to see the whole picture. We know we didn't get a fair Alan, picture from Alan, I've, I've been telling this to people for about a year. Yeah. And yeah, no, even right. even Peter King told me I was wrong. But, but those know. those those doors were opened and maybe there were federal operatives. I don't know which agency. I'm not going to even go to imagine which agency. Well, and you know who evidence. I cry for, yeah. Alan Dershowitz? Yeah. I cry yeah. for that woman that was shot for, oh, for no course. reason oh, at all. Horrible. And they gave him they gave that cop a medal instead of giving him 20 years. Yeah, and that's uh, well, Ashley look, Babbitt. Yep. But, I mean, that's a, that's a sin. That's a sin. That is a sin. But you also have to be sympathetic to the policemen who were hurt, who were trying to do their yeah. job. No, he and wasn't nobody, hurt. He just shot her. About, he's saying other police. He's saying in general. Okay, in general. I'll, I'll be sympathetic. Absolutely. But, yeah. but actually, know, let me ask you, Professor Dershowitz, to John's point, in that case, that guy also had a history of sort of recklessness. He left a loaded yeah. gun in a bathroom in the Capitol before all this. Um, and yet, just as John said, he was heralded, and we still don't know the bottom of it. And in fact, you know, it gets worse, John. The mother of Ashley Babbitt came on the anniversary of her daughter's death, and she got arrested for trespassing. I mean, oh I mean, what is, this is crazy. Listen, all that we want, Alan, I love you. Yeah. You know that. All that I want is the American people deserve to know the truth. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Whatever know it is. But you know, you know what, Look, Professor— yeah, we didn't learn it from the January 6th commission because they had Absolutely an agenda. Absolutely not. They lied. Yeah. Yeah. And they they kept out things. They edited tapes. Now they're upset that all the tapes are coming out and the public has the right to see all the tapes. And that's what happens when you have a one-sided presentation. And, 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 and more, more importantly, right. the defendants have the right because that's exculpatory well, they, material 
That's a Brady violation if they don't disclose that, correct? There's no doubt about that. So, so they, they need to, they need to, all these defendants have the right to see these tapes. It's, it's exculpatory and their failure to release them is, is a violation. Right. Anthony, uh, we know you want to say something. Professor Dershowitz, these these videos becoming public doesn't mean in any way that defendants didn't have the right to this information. What what makes you th- I mean? We have every reason to believe that the shaman had access and his lawyers had access to this information. Just because the public hasn't seen it doesn't mean that the lawyers haven't seen it. Isn't that right? Well, I can. Yes, but I can tell you that the lawyers and the defendants have been denied some of this information. Some of the information was given only to the lawyers with rules that you couldn't show it to the defendants. Some was denied completely. We saw videotapes for the first time, uh, public, that had never been given to the defendants. And so it's very important to get everything out there. The government should never have anything to hide when it comes to an event like this. And, well, you know, it was a horrible event in Washington. No matter It was which a horrible way, event, it, I agree. But I believe somebody from – this was a staged event, in my opinion – well, a staged event. Somebody opened up those doors. Somebody, uh, there was, I believe there was agents. For what agency? I don't know. Well, and I, I, I won't even, you know. Well, one, one of the things that came out, by the way, was Ray Epps. You, you know the case on Ray Epps, John? This is interesting. Ray Epps, who is a guy who there have been allegations, again, just allegations, that he may have been tied to a federal agency. In the videotape last night, he apparently, when he testified before the January 6th committee, said, no, he left the scene at a certain time. There's a videotape and there's also text messages to his nephew saying, I orchestrated it. OK, that's what they had. But then he said, no, I left the scene at that time. Tucker Carlson, according to the video we saw, shows that he was still on the scene and you see him kind of organizing things. Why did he not tell the committee? You know, it begs the question, John. And there's a lot more than we know. Uh, Professor uh, well, I just just want to. I, I mean, I do think we have a way to determine truth in the context Absolutely. of the law, and we that's should. and that's trials. We had a trial yeah. for people for to sedition, guilty. We have guilty pleas from dozens and dozens of people. We have trials that have been we held. We have guilty that, pleas, but they weren't able to get the evidence. Yeah, what he's saying is that they were not access we, to the information. If someone didn't have access to, to to the evidence, they can make a motion to the judge that I don't have access and to the guess evidence. That's what they got. There's no information. Well, all right, let, let's just try to clarify. It was like Professor Dershowitz, directly to jail. Do Professor Dershowitz, perhaps you can help us clarify this. Yeah, just sure. because yeah. Tucker Carlson has 44,000 hours or whatever it is that hasn't been revealed, it doesn't in any way mean, isn't that right? It doesn't in any way mean that lawyers have not had access to this stuff on behalf of their clients. Is that right? But but we know that lawyers have not. For example, we I know lawyers have not. not. Is what he just said. We do not just that. listen we, to we, what we the professor we, says. Let, listen to what he says, Anthony. He's representing someone. The other day, yes, I have. I just saw the other day for the first time, and I'm representing somebody. I just saw the other day for the first time a video where the police stop three guys in plain clothes, and they say, who are you? And they say, we're police officers. And they ask them for their ID, and it appears that they're DEA agents. And these are people who were there. We don't know what they were there for. We don't know what their job was, but we now know that at least there were some DEA agents that were in plain clothes and were part of the crowd, and were stopped by the police. Now, I learned that for the first time just a couple of days ago, and as you say, I'm one of the lawyers, so I don't want to seem unbiased in this. I'm representing my client. I want to see him get acquitted. 
I hope he'll get acquitted. He's a law student. He was denied his graduation, even though he was very high on the He was class. denied his graduation. Well, and That's Professor right. Dershowitz, you yeah. and he deserve all the information, should have had it when he went to trial. I mean, this is crazy. No, he didn't go to trial yet. He's still waiting trial. And uh, he fortunately also was not denied bail. So he's not among the people who have been treated you, you, most you have to get You have to get the uh, the tapes from Tucker Carlson, not the, uh, we are. Not, not the <laughs> Democratic <laughs> Congress. Isn't that well, amazing? get them from the government, from the prosecution has to turn them over. Yeah. They're the ones who have an obligation to turn them over. We don't have to depend on Tucker Carlson or anybody else who is private citizen. We have a right to depend on the government turning over every bit of exculpatory evidence and that hasn't happened yet. Let me ask you about the narrative, because this is interesting. You know, they always described it as, quote, a deadly insurrection on January 6th, Professor Dershowitz. And yeah. one of the things that I thought was also explosive in the videotape um, was this Brian Sicknick, who everybody said, well, he died on January 6th. And then later it said, no, he died the day afterwards. They show him in the videotape, again, what we saw in Tucker Carlson, it shows him after the fact of after some what they claimed was sort of the, the fatal attack or near fatal attack. And obviously, we certainly don't want anything to happen to our law enforcement. Believe me, we're all such huge supporters of them. But we saw the guy roaming around kind of showing people around and showing when they were to come and go. He looked very healthy. That also changed. What, what's going on? Why the narrative when clearly at least the videotape shows something different? And according to Tucker Carlson, the January 6th committee saw that videotape because there's a marker that shows what they can see and what they didn't see. Right. Well, you know, there is no one narrative. There were thousands of people involved. Every one of them has a different story. Every one of them was involved or not involved to a different degree. And there was not a single conspiracy. That's paranoia. That's paranoia to think that people were there. Some of them went just to the speech. Some of them went to the Capitol expecting just to stand outside. Some of them planned to go inside. And everyone has to be judged individually, which is why these videotapes have to be turned over. Because what we've been doing with the videotapes is going with a fine-tooth comb, trying to find our particular client, where he was, at what time. What were his hand gestures? What did the police tell him? Every individual has to be judged differently. There isn't just one single story about an event. It's each individual has the right to present his full defense. Craig Eden? Professor, their argument is it will expose the placement of cameras throughout the complex. That's their reason so why change, these, I so mean, they'll change. So they'll change the cameras. No, but I mean, say, we all know yeah, that there's cameras everywhere good. today. And throughout yeah, the yeah. complex, there must be cameras every 10 feet. So so of that, course. to me, is a laughable excuse as to why these it tapes is. should not be released. Of course they should be. And, and even if it does require changing the cameras, the Constitution prevails over practicalities. Yes, the Constitution doesn't make things easy or cheap, but the defendants have a complete right under Brady versus Maryland yeah. to get every bit of exculpatory information and use it to their benefit. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, as, as I'm looking at everything, too, it's where does it go from here? Do you believe that this they'll be able to now could it overturn potentially something, say, like this QAnon shaman, the guy with the uh, horns that everybody saw? He's spending four years behind bars. And if you see what he was doing, he was literally being escorted by officers who were opening doors for him. 
I mean, it's well, into the chamber, there's not There's something out. we don't <laughs> know. There's something I'm going on we don't yeah, know. There is something behind the scene. We don't know what's really worried. happening. I agree. I'm very worried about justice in this case. I think there are two forms of justice in Washington now. There is the normal, acceptable justice, and there's justice involving anything revolving around the Trump uh, campaign or the Trump presidency. I have a book coming out in the next week or so called Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties Due Process and our constitutional rule of law. And in it, I prove that the same judges who would rule one way if it didn't involve Trump are ruling another way if it involves Trump. And so we're seeing two types of justice. You know, people just Sad. don't like Trump and they don't want him to be reelected, even Republicans. Sad. And they're willing to distort justice to achieve that result. Very sad, uh, Professor. Yeah. You, you, 50 years at Harvard, you, you dedicated your life to the law. Very, very sad. Well, thank you for coming yeah. on, and we're going to talk further Always. about this in the near future. And I hope thank the American you. people get the truth. Thank you so much. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And big story today, of course, everybody, about those Americans. It sadly turns up that two of them were killed by the Mexican cartels, two others injured on the other side, right over the border with the United States. Do we know anything yet? I I understand my friend, uh, a doctor, and I won't mention names, went to Monterey, and this is one town away from Monterey. Wow. Yeah, this is Matamoros, John. That's right over the border. And a lot of Americans go for, like, medical treatment, prescription drugs. Yes. Really stem scary cells. stuff. Yes, stem cells. Absolutely. Scary stuff. And joining us now here on the show to talk about all of this is Michael Cutler. He is a retired senior special agent of the Immigration and Naturalization Service. Um, agent Cutler, uh, first of all, your reaction. This is everybody is freaked out because, as John was just saying, so many Americans go over into Mexico. It's right over the border, this case. Yeah, I, I've actually been in, in Matamoros many times. By the way, reader, I have regards for you from General Paul Valley, retired two-star Army general. He oh. said that I should say hello. Oh, so, hello. please give him my lover, the, the great, great General Paul Valley and his wife Muffin. Awesome people. Thank yes. you. Yeah, so I, I, I wanted to just get that out of the way because I promised him I would. Uh, you know, I went to Border Patrol Academy. When I hired home with the old INS in 1971, I hate to admit how long ago that was, Everyone went through the Border Patrol Academy in Los Fresnos, Texas, next to Brownsville. And on weekends, we all went to Matamoros. I bought a couple of chess sets there. It was an interesting place to visit. But Mexico has been turned upside down by the drug trade. You know, most of the drugs used to flow into the United States through Miami. Think about the TV series Miami Vice. When President Reagan assigned uh, Vice President uh, George Herbert Walker Bush to deal with the drug trade, unlike Kamala Harris, who has done nothing, uh, Vice President Bush got the Coast Guard and Navy to interdict lots of the speedboats with the drugs. And so the cartels decided to move the center of their drug activity to Mexico. They gave up half the profit to the Mexicans, but it also created a layer of insulation against prosecutors in the United States seeking to prosecute members of the cartel. And as drug use in America has skyrocketed, what we've seen is more money flowing into the coffers of the cartels. Uh, By the way, you should know that for half of my 30-year career with the INS, I was the first INS uh, representative to the Unified Intelligence Division of the DEA in New York, the Drug Enforcement Administration. 
And when I became a senior special agent, I was assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. So for nearly half my career, I was dealing with these issues on a daily basis, not on the Mexican border, but here in New York City. Stop and think about that. And point to fact, it was in New York, in Brooklyn, not far from Chuck Schumer's house, where El Chapo Guzman was prosecuted for turning New York City into his hub for drug distribution for the entire East Coast. Now, why in the world do you think the cartels would use New York as a hub when we have the biggest, most sophisticated, best trained and best equipped police department? I would argue that a big part of it is because of the sanctuary policies of New York City. Um, and, and, And when we're told now, well, the cartels are moving into the rest of the country, they have been here for decades. You know, I, I write for Front Page magazine. Back on November 20th, 2017, more than five years ago, I wrote an article, and the title was New York City Hub for the Deadly Drug Trade. So here is a quick paragraph. I just want you to hear this, because please understand that what happened in Mexico is happening in New York. You may not see the violence carried out where it's on TV and broadcast, but when you look at all the violent crimes, I'm willing to bet that half of all violent crime, at least half, has a nexus to drugs, uh, addicts, drug trade, the gangs, and so forth. Back in 2017, um, the DEA and other law enforcement agencies, including New York City Police Department, conducted a field operation that resulted in the arrest of two Mexican citizens, Rogelio Alvarado Robles and Blanca Flores Solis, middle-aged husband and wife, and they were arrested with 213 pounds of narcotics in their apartment. Wow. Guess where? Hugh Gardens, Queens. Wow. You know, special, special agent, this is Craig Eaton. I'm an attorney here in New York City. And Hi, you know Craig. what? It, it's, it's part and parcel of bail reform, discovery reform, criminal justice yes. reform, which, which gives all the rights to the criminals, no rights to the judges, the police, or the prosecutors. And in fact, the judges, police, and prosecutors have the handcuffs, and the criminals are roaming the streets selling fentanyl and opioids and murdering people every day. Something yes, needs and you to have change. New York- And you have these politicians who are turning the criminals into the victims in the mindset that that I don't even know what has happened to their brains. Maybe they're on drugs also. By the way, something to think about. When you hear about some lunatic in a car going 80 miles an hour through a school zone and plows into a school bus and kills children and cripples the teacher and so on and so forth, the first thing you hear is that the guy had a blood alcohol level of whatever. And you never hear of anyone calling for car control, right? I'd like to know how many people involved in mass shootings when they pulled the trigger were operating that firearm under the influence of narcotics. How's that for an interesting thought? Yeah. So we're not just losing the 100,000 or so. And these aren't overdoses. They're being poisoned because very often the fentanyl, as we know, is disguised as something else. By the way, so uh, Michael, you know, Michael, I want to bring up, too, this was stunning. Um, in San Francisco, there's a county supervisor who basically is telling San Franciscans this week that the U.S. shouldn't deport illegal immigrant drug dealers for selling fentanyl because it goes against the sanctuary city policy. I mean, is that not <laughs> unbelievable? It's ridiculous. Well, so, so here's my point. And by the way, these aren't left-right issues, you would think. You know, I'm a lifelong registered Democrat. I can't tell you the last time I voted for a Democrat because they're not Democrats, and we shouldn't be calling them liberal. I was raised to believe 
that a liberal celebrates the First Amendment. My parents died when I was in college, but I still stand on their shoulders decades later. And they said to me that everyone may have different beliefs. Everyone is entitled to have their beliefs heard and respected. We don't have to agree, but we need to show each other respect. Okay? That's how I was raised in Brooklyn. When you talk about cancel culture and lunacy, where no one seems to care about the death count in America, we spend a ton of money to make certain that when we go to war, ammunitions kill the minimum number of what they call collateral victims, right? How many people are dying in America, and it would appear that these politicians don't care about the collateral damage when it's America? 100,000, 107,000 in the last 12 months. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and thank you. Yeah, thank you thank so you much. Thank you for coming on and keep keep talking about the truth. And we'll we'll talk to you again quick, real quick soon. Quick statement. Interior enforcement of the immigration laws is essential to go after these gangs and cartels in, in our cities across the country. Absolutely. And I, give I Paul Valley my best. Thank you. Thank you. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. What the heck is going on with the whales? They're dying all over the East Coast. Uh, in Jersey, in uh, New York, in, New York, in uh, Connecticut. Really scary. And, and it's heartbreaking. What is today? It was supposed to, you know, we're trying to get her on the phone. Uh, we have the whales, uh, Clean Ocean Action uh, Executive Director Cindy Ziff. And we're trying to get her on the phone, and and uh, she's got a couple ideas. You know, who doesn't love whales? They're I like whales. universally Don't beloved forget, creatures. Don't Star Trek. The yeah. whale god came right. back in the 24th right. century because all the whales are, were gone. So you know it's got to be right if it was on Star Trek. And by the way, she's joining us now, Cindy. you guys. Yep, we got Cindy Ziff, who is the uh, executive director of Whales Clean Ocean Action. Cindy, you can tell we have you have what whale lovers on? here. I love whales. Whoa, wait a minute, you changed the name. <laughs> what is the name? Give uh, us the name. Clean Ocean Action. Clean Ocean Action. Forgive me. All right, there we go. That's okay. Now at least we got it. Every, it's seared in everybody's memory. See, you tell us what's going on. We all love the whales, and it's heartbreaking to see oh, them washing yeah. along shore. Oh, it it sure is. I mean, you know, it's just so unprecedented. It's a it's a very grim record. One that we you know hope no one else has. I mean, you know, yes, whales uh, die and, and that's sad. And um, they're, you know, but to to have as many as we've had up to 13 and just in less than three weeks, just on the beaches of New York and New Jersey is, as I said, a grim record. And, and we don't know exactly why it's happening. But, um, you know, we're, we're very concerned. And, you know, we've been looking at, um, you know, potential what's what's changed. I mean, we've been all living here for decades and decades, and we have never seen this many whales wash up in such a short time. So what do you think it is? Well, we, we don't know. But, you know, one thing that is very different, I mean, we've we've had a lot of we've had shipping, we've had fishing, we've had, you know, um, We've had a lot of this. Now, there has been a little bit more shipping of the large tankers and, and container ships because New Jersey, the port of New York and New Jersey is now the number one port in the United States, which is pretty exciting. Um, but, you know, that does um, mean there's more ships in the area. We also have more whales in the area. We made the water so clean and healthy. And, you know, we've also um, seen a number of the, the fish that they eat, the um they call Menhaden or Bunker. They've been increasing. So, you know, there's just more life. So, you know, um, but in addition to those sort of more sort of 
some growth areas, there's sort of an unprecedented number of uh, pre-construction survey vessels for offshore wind yeah. um, that, you know, we feel there's a plausible um, connection to what's happening uh, with the whales and the dolphins. Cindy, this is Craig Eaton. I, I live in Brooklyn, but I have a house on Long Beach Island, and I want to compliment you because I've been there 25 years, and the water each and every year gets cleaner and cleaner and bluer and bluer. And that has to be the work that you do and a lot of other organizations do. Um, well, and- you know, we, we've come a long way. Like in the 80s, we were the laughing stock of the nation because we had medical waste washing up on our beaches, raw yeah. sewage. We had eight ocean dump sites off our coast. Um, we had oil drilling proposed off our coast. We had tar balls on the beach. I mean, it was a wreck. And we all worked together thousands and thousands of citizens and elected officials on both sides of the aisle, everyone united to make the ocean clean and healthy and dump site free and oil drilling free. And look, it's just been remarkable. And now you can see your toes when you go swimming. It's really, we've come a long way. And and now the marine life is back. So that's a good thing. Go ahead, Anthony Weiner. It's Anthony Weiner. And you touched on it briefly. Nice Nice to speak to you. You know, the Clean Water Act, we like to focus on things that have bipartisan support. The Clean Water Act is an unvarnished bipartisan success story in our country, how much cleaner our waters are. But something that Congress has not been able to get together on is try to deal with the effects of global climate change. Could mm-hmm. some of the problem be that, you know, we're seeing all these impacts of, of, of all kinds of creatures leaving their natural habitats because of the change in water temperatures? Could that be something to do with this that maybe that we're just seeing the leading effects of maybe the food supply for these whales is moving or something like that? Well, you know, it, 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 it could be, I mean, I think that, you know, for this to be such a sudden change, right. I mean, the, the climate change has been creeping up with us and, and accelerating. Um, and you know, that there is definitely an impact to the ocean. I mean, the ocean the beautiful ocean is actually our number one buffer against climate change. It's absorbed 90% of the heat that we've pumped into the atmosphere. It's also absorbing a lot of the CO2 emissions, about 50% of the CO2 emissions. It also is our major source of oxygen. It provides 50% or more uh, percent of the oxygen. So it's also the lungs of the planet. So we we expect a lot from the ocean. And um, because of that role in addressing climate change, the ocean is becoming impaired. And so as we look to find solutions, you know, we need to find solutions that are going to keep the ocean healthy and thriving as well as meet, you know, um, some potential renewable energy options, which is why, you know, Clean Ocean Action is not opposed to the idea of, of offshore um, wind power plants. Um, but we, we strongly feel we need a pilot project to identify what are the potential threats and harms to the ocean um, that, you know, would result so that we can minimize those or, or maybe avoid doing certain things that, that could cause as much damage. But as it is, we, we just keep adding more and more and more projects. So there's 2.2 million acres. Yep. Cindy, we love you. Keep, yeah, keep watching up the great out for those fight. whales. I love those whales. And keep in touch with us. Oh, you bet. Okay. Thank you, Thank you, so, you much. So, much. so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. And keep, keep, keep watching for those whales. I love those whales. Yeah, really interesting. And she said offshore wind construction yeah. could be what's causing it. That's well, the big change. They're, they're digging into uh, the soil to put the windmills foundation down deep. And they're blowing it up. 
And it's got to yeah. be vibration from it's got to be from vibra- vibration. And sonar, and sonar. Don't forget, whales have yeah. sonar. Yeah, uh, no, it probably made him crazy with the size on, of on these wind phones. Captain Cosby has the best guess. I'm sure we can get a whale to come on to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> we should I, be able to. I will make a few calls. <laughs> we'll find one. We'll find one. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Right now, we got Charlie Gasparino. The market has gone down 600 points. And uh, so many things going on. Uh, the the attorney general where has uh, sued. Yeah, absolutely. This is the attorney general. This is of Utah. Is um, he is joining a group, basically saying all the money that they invested, taxpayer money, thirty seven million dollars on ESGs. Charlie, I mean, this is wild. What say you? <laughs> You know, um, he's suing himself for investing in it or suing the state. For he's he's right. suing National Attorneys General it's Group. Utah, case. the state is suing the National Attorneys General Group over $4 million share of $280 million after it lost $37 million in taxpayer funds on ESG investments primarily. Well, explain what ESG is. You know, let's, let's, yeah. Yeah, let's, and, let's unpack ESG. This is an investment trend. That has, and I, I wrote about it in my Sunday column uh, this week uh, in the New York Post. That um, that basically says when you consider investments, you uh, look at the environment, whether the investments you know hurt the carbon footprint or add to the carbon footprint, whether the investment company is socially responsible, you know, hiring enough women and minorities on boards, whether they have proper governance, whether they give back to the community. It's these sort of soft measures that um, traditionally were never taken into account. The most what was taken into account was, you know, profits, earnings, growth, things of that nature. Uh, it became an issue over the last I would say 20 years. I remember when it started out, it wasn't called ESG. It was called socially responsible investing. It got the moniker ESG, I would say, in the last five years. And it became a huge industry where there are all these consultants. They go to pension funds. They go to money managers. And they say, hey, you know, here's how you use – here's if you want to use ESG filters in some of your investment decisions. Here's how you do it. And basically also, also calling them out, saying if you don't do huge, it. It's also, a huge, it's also a huge political issue here. Uh, left-wing Democrats, you know, have been pushing this, you know, like crazy. Uh, Gary Gensler, the Securities Exchange Commission, wants to make wants wants companies to uh, disclose all aspects of their environmental uh, environmental footprint, carbon footprint. So there's a lot of stuff going on here that's political that entered into this. Lo and behold, people waking up and are saying, "Well, the most stringent parts of this ESG thing." Well, guess what? If it it, it causes companies to divest from oil. It causes asset managers to divest from oil companies when, in, in, during times like when there's a, a war in Ukraine and oil, oil supplies are disrupted. I mean, it has it has some really bad impacts in, in terms of free speech. Companies like American Express, you know, started teaching critical you know, stuff like critical race theory. They would say it's not. I'm going to give up theory, my American Express card. But it's stuff like it, you know, uh, in their to their employees and sensitivity training. It's, it, it really had these sort of really bad aspects to it. And on top of it all, if you want to do ESG investing, you as an individual, it's up to you. You as a state pension fund, it's up to you. You better disclose that that type of investing actually carries higher fees, and will and and it's done not based on on metrics that are that are normal. 
that that investment managers did in the past, which is profits, losses, growth, and all that. And I think that's where these lawsuits could be interesting. You know, yeah. if if like your estate pension funding, you know, you're, you're managing money for for teachers and firemen. Did you disclose to the teachers and firemen that their ESG models um, cost them mo- extra money because they're more difficult? And it's taxpayer funds I mean, in I this Charlie, case. If anybody really believes that that uh, we're going to run this country on wind and yeah, on solar, so right. I'll sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. It's probably a better investment. I, it really is. It's so dumb. Um, you know, you just you just. I mean, listen. If you really want to go ESG, okay, go nuclear because that's probably the. That's where we're war. going, kid. And, well, hopefully we are, uh, but there's a lot of regulations that stop it. Also, here's the sort of idiocy of ESG, and I'm I'm working with the uh, I'm I'm, get, I'm I'm asking Brad Lander. You know, who he is he's the controller of New York City, yep. who's oversees 250 billion dollars in pension money, who's big on this ESG stuff, demanding that BlackRock divert the, almost divest from everything. In, involved in energy. And BlackRock is a big purveyor of ESG, but he wants them to go a lot further, right? So I'm asking him right now, I said, why is why do, why do you think, well, wait a second, I just sent his flack an email. I'm going to read you what I said, and you tell me, see if you answer, you guys can answer this question. I just sent this to Brad, Brad Lander, the New York City Controller's PR person. Why does the controller take issue with investments in energy, but not with investments in China? It seems like the Chinese pose a much greater immediate existential threat to the environment, to world peace, human rights, than any coal-burning plant. And 1,100 new coal uh, plants in the next 12 months. Right. So so if you look at – apparently, the New York City controller allows investments in China. But (laughs) – He's breaking black box, black rocks. You know what? Black, black rocks, rocks. Right. On, 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 they want them to like you know get out of any new keep, keep oil in the ground. That's, oh, that that's like John Kerry goes to a conference and he takes a a, a big I mean, plane, a just, gas gun, his, 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 his own private. It just shows you how idiotic this is. And it, it, it makes no sense that we're encouraging investments in China, the most repressive regime in the world. Think about this. Under ESG, you have to point so many you know, dis- discriminated minorities. You're supposed to point them to your boards. Okay. How come, you, how come that you get points taken away if you're American Express or whatever and you don't have – meet those qualifications? But the Chinese don't have – companies that you invest in don't have to put the Uyghurs on their board, the most oppressed minority in the world by the Chinese government. Anthony Weiner has Charlie, a question. Quick one. Charlie, Anthony Weiner is going to get a quick hey, one here. Anthony. I'm not really sure I, I see the harm. If there's nothing stopping someone from investing all their funds in oil or all their funds in nuclear or whatever it is, if someone if, – if I see people all the time say they're boycotting Disney because they don't like the products that Disney right. is making. I don't see how anyone loses if someone else wants to invest in environmental, well, you know, social – you know. I, I agree with you, and I think – and if you read my column this week, and I, and I took a lot of crap, let's say, from – I, from I my, actually did read it. I thought it was yeah. an excellent column. <laughs> so you know, I actually brought that up. I think the backlash against it goes way too far. If I want to use an e, if if I, meaning the New York City Pension Fund, want 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 to use ESG, I should disclose it. Want to uh, you know uh, tell tell people what the fees are, and explain why I'm doing it. Uh, and you know, at some point, I should not be held. That should not be held against me. And if I want BlackRock to do that, 
Why not? I think yeah. where, it, and where it gets really squirrely for the anti-ESG people is that, you know, okay, Lander wants BlackRock to manage his funds just like he manages Florida's funds, yeah. right? Which is ridiculous because Florida doesn't want ESG, obviously. You know, um, DeSantis has already said it. But DeSantis wants BlackRock to manage Florida's funds manage New York City's funds like Florida's right. funds. We, right. we, we have to take a break. Yeah. Charlie Gasparino, thank you for your wisdom. Anytime. And what is stupider, ESG investments or Bitcoin? I'll let you answer <laughs> another day. Chat that's, amongst that's yourselves. That's worth an hour. That's worth an that, hour. Thank you so much, Charlie Gasparino. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. More than 100,000 Americans are dying every year from fentanyl, and it's time to get tough on the dealers. And joining us now is someone who's doing just that. It is Ray Tierney. He is the district attorney of Suffolk County, New York. Uh, Mr. District Attorney, so great to have you here. And I want to bring in uh, Craig Eaton, who you know, of course, former Brooklyn County GOP chairman. He's got he's got the first question for you. Ray, this is Craig. Um, I'm an attorney here in New York. My son was a prosecutor and so was my daughter-in-law in Brooklyn when you were there, actually. Oh, and um you know what? We, we, we talk on this show all the time about, you know, uh, bail reform and discovery reform and criminal justice reform and what's going on in the legislature. And, and it, it's nice to see what you're doing out in Suffolk. So give us a little idea of what you're doing to try and change the tide of the criminals running the city and running the state. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. But I think, you know, I think the first thing is you can't give in to these laws, which which are, are you know, hurt prosecution and which don't help to keep us safe. So you've got to operate within the framework of the laws. You can't give in. You got to do whatever you can to hold people in on bail using, you know, whatever method you can. Uh, and you got to prosecute these cases aggressively and hold people responsible for what they've done. But also by the same token, you've got to point out to the public that how these laws work and how they they work separately and and to, and more importantly together to really make us less safe. Tell us about this. You've got a dealer-to-dealer law. You know, it's astounding to me, uh, Mr. District Attorney. I can't believe that people who are dealing fentanyl sometimes are back out on the streets. Yeah, well, you know, the problem with fentanyl in particular is there's no per se, uh, you know, bail law that, that, that we could use to keep a fentanyl dealer in jail, meaning that if someone deals fentanyl, absent any other aggravating factors, we can't even ask for bail, so they automatically get out. This obviously has to change. I mean, we're talking about two milligrams of fentanyl is enough to kill someone. Uh, two milligrams, that way, that's what uh, roughly a mosquito weighs. So we're talking infinitesimally small amounts of drugs causing, you know, unbelievable damage and death. And, you know, the, our laws need to be flexible enough for prosecutors to deal with it. 
It's Anthony Weiner. Thank you very much for your service. Tell a little bit if you could ask for bail for a street level fentanyl dealer. How much bail would you ask? Well, you know, it would it would depend upon uh, the um, the situation, uh, and mo- most it would it would really what it really would depend on is usually when you arrest a drug dealer, you are uh, you get his phones, and if you could look at his phones and see how how much of a um, drug uh, uh, trade he's um, he's dealing in, if he's a large drug dealer, then you would ask for you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of bail. And hopefully bust the other people in the phone. And, but, and a more and a more run of the mill street level guy, you know, just your your regular guy who's probably doing a lot of damage to the community, but is not an international dealer. What kind of bail would he get? You know, if if he's dealing fentanyl in in the um, in the community, we would ask for substantial bail. Um, you know, we've had in Suffolk County last year, we had thirty homicides. We had uh, over 300 um, fentanyl uh, or opioid overdoses. So this is a uh, this is a uh, issue which is directly affects the the safety of the community. And you know, a lot of kids too. I mean, the thing that's so heartbreaking, you're seeing so many of these fentanyl pills. Um, they're put in colored pills, so they're appealing to kids. Yeah, well, you know, one of the, the the problems with fentanyl is it's so it's it's 100 times more powerful than heroin, um, and it's it's cheap. So what so what 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 the the uh, consumer or the user thinks that they're getting uh, a Percocet or, or oxycodone or heroin or cocaine, uh, invariably what they are getting is um, is, uh, is fentanyl, and you know a small amount is deadly. We had a case where we had ten. Uh, what we believe to be Percocet pills. So we had eight pills which were Percocet and two pills which were fentanyl. Uh, those two pills, uh, if, if a, a, um, a user used those, uh, those fentanyl pills, they, they would die. My God. Wow, it is really scary. Somebody described it to me. I think it was uh, uh, one of the special agents for the DA that it's like the size of a, a grain of salt. I mean, think about how toxic and these that are, is. And, and, and these are disguised as old-fashioned M30s, right? Even though they're, even though they're, they're much more dangerous, right? They have so what the, the problem with it is they have pill presses, and so it looks like it'll look like an oxycodone pill, it'll look like a Percocet pill, um, and uh, obviously there's no way for the the end user to know. But uh, what the substance in it is not, you know, these these other Ray, drugs which are, are less deadly. Thank Ray, you, the DA Ray Cheney. Thank you for everything you do. Keep the people of Suffolk County safe. Uh, God bless you, and thank you for everything you have done, and God bless America. Thank and you Anthony so much. Anthony Weiner, uh, Craig Eaton, uh, Rita Cosby. Great show, John. Thank you for uh, being here That's today. Right. Great. Thanks great for having show. And, what do and we stand for, by the way, John? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America.